all profit is value extraction. And that means that all profit is theft from you. Corporate America is on welfare, and they you got to get them off welfare. Hi, welcome to Cars and Comrades, your leftist car podcast. My name is Bryant, and we've got the the whole gang here. How's everyone doing today? Sleepy. Doing okay. But but um, like really sleepy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see. So... Today we're going to do a little bit of a news update. We're we're putting Ralph Nader on the shelf. We're going to come back to him later. But uh, there's there's a little bit of the old Ralph on the shelf. Yeah, <laughs> it's like Elf on the Shelf, but a little but different. it doesn't rhyme as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, events keep happening, and uh, we we have to talk about them. So that that'll be coming up in a little bit. But we're going to do our uh project car updates and we're doing a an innovative new order that we figured out or that that um brandon figured out called what did you call Picking it them randomly okay <laughs> no you called it torque bolt pattern or something like that yeah where you like alternate you go back instead of a, a straight line you, you 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 go back and forth okay you have to put and... pressure on us evenly or we'll break <laughs> yeah that's the point of this so I'm pretty sure I'm going to break either sense. way. Yeah, I mean, but the uneven pressure, the uneven pressure will will just guarantee that you know. And I know we talked about this like less than a minute ago, but uh, what was that order again, Brandon? Uh, I think it starts with me. Okay, it starts with Connor, <laughs> and then I for, I stopped paying attention after that point. So <laughs> Connor only cares about Connor. <laughs> yeah. Worst socialist. <laughs> He's just well, he's an egoist. Also, okay? He's an egoist. <laughs> yeah, oh, make great. That joke. <laughs> oh boy. Well, also the um once again the edible I took uh, a while ago is kicking in, so I'm I'm up there. I'm up Time there right that now. one perfectly. Hell yeah. You, you know yeah. what the magic words are, Connor? <laughs> I do you not. You got to say the spell. <laughs> These edibles ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to I'm not going to do that cuz that will end badly. That's, everybody knows that one. That's bad luck. It really depends on what you think of badly. <laughs> Not to tangent us immediately, but have you all seen the Heidi Klum worm memes? Yes. <laughs> You've seen the no. one where it's like five minutes after saying this edible ain't shit. And it's like, <laughs> Heidi Klum is a worm. Okay. For if for the uninitiated, um, Heidi Klum, the famous um, person? person. I don't yeah, know what she does. She's uh, like a supermodel or something, right? Is she really? I thought she was an actor. Know. I don't know. Whatever. If she's, she's so famous. super, why didn't I know that? <laughs> what are her powers? Are worm? Like, worm? <laughs> <laughs> no, she went to some party dressed as a worm, like a hyper-realistic human-sized worm. It's the most discomforting oh, I did, thing. I did see a picture of that, but it was memefied, of course, talking about... Right. Uh, conservative Cubans who, who fled <laughs> Cuba. Living yeah, in that Miami. was my first thought. 
I, just, I mean, I just like the five minutes after saying this edible ain't shit, and then it's just a worm. <laughs> I related to that. Sometimes I get a little wormy, you know. This is why I don't fuck with edibles. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> that, that none of them are vegan. Hmm. Hmm. So Connor, what have you been working on? Okay, yeah, let's well, get back on topic. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, back on topic. Um, I haven't been working on too much. I can't remember. Um, and I, I don't know if anyone else remembers. Did I mention on the last one that I had gone to a drift event? Yes. But but yeah. on a dry track. Oh, oh no, no, the last I one so. I heard of was definitely wet. Okay, okay. So then I did go again. Um pretty much right after whatever we recorded. Um, and I managed to get a day when uh, it was actually dry and I didn't do too bad. It was, it was definitely fun. I'm, I'm still lacking where I used to be, obviously, but, um, you know, I, I had a good time was I, you know, I think I had like 50% of them were relatively clean runs without spinning. So, you know, worked out and I brought my, this time I just, I caved and brought my whole like low profile, um, floor jack which takes up almost the entire like width of the trunk basically and Mm -hmm. so that was a a whole new experience but um everything went fine it it crushed uh the um tire inflator i keep so that sucked but i got another one of those too (laughs) all that said i went to a drift event i had fun i'm slowly getting back in practice and uh, besides that, I haven't really worked on too much. Is the car running okay? It's um, it's actually it's it's getting like worse as we get colder. Um, it's not running super good. I did go to a local performance shop, and I think I had this done since we last recorded. Probably it was a, like a week ago, um, and I had them go over the car like kind of a third party who hasn't like fucked with the car yet. And I had them go through, you know, their whole flow chart of how to f- troubleshoot, like, bad tuning or could it be something mechanical or whatever. Um, and they gave it a clean bill of health saying there's not there isn't shit wrong mechanically. It seems like there's something wrong with the fucking tune. Um, and luckily, they only charged me like 250 bucks um, and they did a lot of tests. So that was pretty sweet. Actually, I was expecting to pay a lot more. So anyway, uh got a clean bill of health but i'm kind of back to square one i think i think i'm gonna try the more sketchy tuner in the area long story on that but i think i'm gonna try the guy um because obviously the other there's only two pro tuners in the chicago area um and obviously the one i went to had no idea what the fuck was wrong and they couldn't figure shit out so i am gonna try the other guy um, but he's definitely well, less well known and some people have had some bad experiences with him. So maybe set myself up for, uh, some problems here, but <laughs> whatever. Yeah. I guess you're rolling the dice, but that's yeah. all you can do right now. If yeah. I have a hobby besides cars, it's setting myself up for problems. <laughs> <laughs> that's the same hobby. You're just saying cars twice. Like. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> So, yeah, it's um, it's not ideal. It's not running super great. But, you know, and I do have an emissions test coming up that I have to get done. Get studying know, soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but 
well, the studying is getting this tune figured out. So either the shop I went to before or this other guy. I think I'm going to try the other guy first. But worst case scenario, I'll go back and say, look, I've had several people look at this shit. They're all saying your tune's fucked. Like, you need to figure it out. You can't charge me money for it. But I don't want to do that because I have a feeling it's going to wind up with me paying money somehow for their fuck-ups. So, anyway, that's that's all I got, really. I went to a drift event. I did okay. And still trying to figure out my tuning issues after all this time. Yeah, sounds like fun. It's great. <laughs> so, uh, I, I guess that's... Uh, who's next? Oh, that's me. All right. Sweet. <laughs> I've I've been back to working on stuff. Um, not too aggressively because I still have some fabrication projects that I'm trying to hammer out so that I have like the free time and space to work on my own stuff. But I did get back to working on my early Chevy. I th- I think I'm going to make a serious effort to have it on the road early next year. Because oh, in- that would be sweet. Cool. Like not early next year, early uh, early in terms of like warm weather season. Oh yeah, I figured that. I'm once I finish up the portion of the body work that I'm doing, I think I'm gonna bounce around a little bit and work on the things that were actually like immediate problems back when I had it on the road before, uh, which is like holes in like the A pillars so that water was leaking directly onto uh, the fuse panel. I've got a <laughs> Yeah, I've got to replace yeah, right. a lot of that stuff. Then I can rewire it. And then uh, a couple of minor things and it becomes drivable. And it's one of those things where I can, you know, patch up a fender when I'm like and still drive it or, you know, replace the rocker and then drive it home or whatever. Um, I do want to get as much of it done as I can and start working on the interior and stuff. Oh, that's another one. I've been like. I got my my. I have an industrial sewing machine, and I've gotten that back out. And I'm gonna start trying to sew some, like the upholstery on everything I own is like pretty ragged. So I think I'm gonna start trying to like sew new seat covers for some of the like bucket seats in the vans, the bench seat that I want to put in my Cutlass. Like that'll be a good like depth depth of winter, like when you don't want to leave the house or do anything at all. I can just sit in my living room and sew a new cover for whatever seat that I'm working on. Fuck. Uh, yeah. That's that cool. is, that's so fucking awesome. Cool. And honestly, like I, Brandon, sometimes hearing you talk gives me a little bit of imposter syndrome. Like <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm so DIY and everything. And you're like, yeah, I'm just going to like pull apart this van and, you know, replace all these rocker panels, do all the body work. I'm going to repulsor it too. And, you know, and the wiring and I'm going to rebuild the motor myself. I'm like, God damn, man, I am fucking a scrub. I'm just like <laughs> pulling off stock parts to swap them out for aftermarket parts that were made by a company to fit oh, I, perfectly. Yeah, I'm and I'm like, oh, I need this I need clearance isn't good on this part that I spent money on. <laughs> I'm so disappointed. What the hell? <laughs> Y'all, that's, that's a two-way street because I hear you guys talk about like more modern car stuff and by which I do even mean like, some of like the nineties or whatever shit. I I don't know (laughs) years on everything, but, but remembering that like my newer vehicle that I actually work on is a 75. Like, (laughs) first of all, I live in an area where there is 
they salt the roads in the winter, so everything rots to shit. Yeah. And I refuse to not daily drive 50-year-old things. I feel... Yep. <laughs> what you're yep. saying so, is like, you bring it upon yourself. Well, to an extent, yes, but also the nature of my interest in cars necessitates it. it well, it either necessitates behaving the way I do or having a lot more money than I have, which I honestly might if I didn't keep buying tools so that I could fix things the hard way. Uh, <laughs> but like, I couldn't, I can't fathom going to a, like finding a mechanic to put a tune on something or like, you're talking about doing a whole drivetrain swap on a fucking Subaru. <laughs> that, that yeah. blows my mind. Like I know what I like. Well, all of us, we know what we know. And once you're familiar with it, it becomes easy. But hearing other people talk about stuff that's like, I don't, I'm going to have to learn about tunes because I'm going to do an LS swap on something eventually. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's like stuff like that is, is not something I'm familiar with. So like, you know, it's, it's, that goes both ways, guys. For sure. I just really, all I wanted to say, like mad fucking respect, dude. Fucking sewing your own upholstery. Like that's just, just tight. You know, people, I think, take that a little more lightly than other, like, car mod stuff, performance things and stuff. But, like, dude, I would kill to have an industrial sewing machine and have the time and skill and, like, that mindset to figure that shit out. That's fucking cool as shit. The first thing I ever sewed in my life with a $300 industrial sewing machine that I bought off Craigslist was interior panels for my Cutlass. It's literally as easy as... Just do it. Yeah, for sure. Like no, you make no. mistakes and you learn from it. A, a lot of this is is not even just like upholstery is kind of expensive to get like custom stuff done. Also, mm-hmm. I'm fairly certain that if uh, I went to like an actual upholstery shop and asked for the upholstery that I want in my cutlass, they would tell me no. Not for any like super weird reasons. It's just there's this one material and the only the only like uh, uh the only thing of it that I can find that's this print is a super super loose knit, and I think right. it's going to be a nightmare to sew, and I think it's going to be fairly short lived that I'm going to have to redo it. But I don't give a fuck. It's what I want to do, so I'm going to do it. You could back it with something, I'm sure. Well, that's that's what one guy told me, but I'm I'm more thinking that because it's such a loose knit and it's going to be on the bench seat. It's just going to get torn up from getting in and out of the car. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, the other option is to not have what I want. So fuck it. I saw someone yeah. um, got fabric that's that's designed for like bus seats or like train seats. And it's like super like hard wearing and also like that weird, like crazy pattern you see in. I don't know, like airport carpets or Pulling whatever. alleys or whatever. Yeah. And it looks yeah, really like- cool, but. I don't know. Um, I don't know how no, easy this, that is to work with. This is like a specific type of like, it's not not specific type, but you you know, like the Serape blankets that like the Mexican blankets that you see. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's that, but I found like a very specific pattern of green that I'm madly in love with and absolutely want to put it in my interior. But those blankets just. This one, I think, is a fairly like cheap one as, as far as it goes anyway, because it's just such a thin material. But somebody told me I had to just use like the best spray adhesive that I can find to put a backing on it. And 
it's it's not like I'm not going to use just one piece of blanket to cover the whole seat. It's just it's going to have like inserts and spots here and there. So hopefully it lasts. And if it doesn't, yeah. I'll I'll fix it or whatever. Yeah. Oh, but but like all I really wanted to say as far as like er- me doing everything DIY is a lot of that is I just like learning how to do new stuff. Right. I like so like, I'm going to like I'm going to do the wiring on this van, but it's from the 60s, dude. There's like no, power nothing. Like it's manual brakes, man like the only thing I'm running off of the like pulleys off the motor is is water pump and alternator. That's it. So wiring is literally just i can buy an aftermarket wiring kit for almost anything and it'll be a long day to install it if even a long day yeah yeah that is definitely a big difference with like you know the classics that i've worked on the few that i have the wiring was just dead simple like that was the nicest thing if there was a wiring issue it was just like oh is it this one or that one it's like well, it's probably one of the two on modern stuff you know You've got a massive like I'm having a a slight wiring issue in in my 75 and it's frustrating just because that one has a full interior. So if there's a pinched wire or something somewhere, it's just harder to get to. But I actually think it's going to be something in the column. So. Not that big of a deal. Yeah, that's pretty. And uh, yeah. Yeah, the. uh, only, uh, I, th- I think I've put my Ford away for the winter. I haven't firmly decided on that yet, but I think I'm going to patch a couple of things up and, you know, try to let it not get worse from the salt on the roads. Because everything that I drive through the winter, after after two winters, it just looks like shit. And I've started working on my chopper again. Nice. Cool. I, st- I started building a Harley chopper a while back, and it just sort of has sat in my shop for years now. So I started pulling that out and getting parts together because I think I have literally 95% of what I need. It's just some probably like a few weeks worth of fab work to do it exactly the way I want to do it. And, you know, so my own seat, because that's a thing I'm going to do all that sorts of shit. And yeah, just start getting that ready. Remind me, was that like a pan head or a flathead? What were you doing in that one? Uh, sh- shovel head motor, pan head, uh, frame and transmission. Nice. So that'll uh, be a the, speed, the frame right? is a 49. What's up? That'll be a four speed. Yeah. Nice. That's sick. Yeah, it, it'll be cool. It's, it's I'm going to be running like an eight to 10 over front end, like a tall back, like king and queen seat. It's, uh, it's, the frame is pretty stretched out, but it's. I had to dig my frame jig out because there's a couple of spots on the frame that I tried to let make myself be okay with. But as I stare at them, I'm like, no, I'm I'm cutting the neck off and I'm redoing the tubing. <laughs> nice. It'll be like a, a hardtail, yeah. like a straight up chopper, chopper, right? It, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it's a 49. Those are factory hardtail. Oh, really? Yeah. I, um, I, I don't know they about. Harley's that old at all. Oh, no, it's fine. Um, most motorcycles were hardtail back then. Yeah. I, I think, like, some of the British stuff probably started going, like, uh, like rear suspension in the 50s. But in the 40s, I, I want to say that pretty much everything was hardtail. Yeah, there is one or two 
there was some motorcycle company I forget the name of that had rear suspension in like 1920, but that was that was pretty rare. Yeah, Harley didn't go rear suspension until I think 58. Yeah. So if I don't I don't think we have any Harley guys that listen to us, so I'm probably safe if I'm wrong, but yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm not certain about that, but I think it was around 58. Cuz I actually have a panhead frame that was one of the first eras of uh their swing arm frames too. It's just I just have so much shit. That's why when people ask me, like, oh, how many motorcycles do you have? I don't know what the fuck to say. Because it's like, I don't know, like, how many are running? Or, like, how many could I put together from the parts that I've got? Or some weird third thing? <laughs> that's, that's like, how many uh, mopeds I have at the moment. I mean, I guess zero and zero by that metric. But I have two frames and, like, four engines. So... Um, I don't know hey, if anyone wants a project, uh, let me know. <laughs> I think I ar- arguably have like seven or eight motorcycles. That's too many. Cool. You start selling those, sell them parts. I've Part been, out. I, no, I, uh, I've been putting things back together so I can be like, okay, this, this is worth about 400 bucks as it sits, or I can like fix all of this stuff and get it running and maybe get a couple of grand for it. Yeah, the uh, everlasting allure of doing that. Get it running to sell it for Dude, more. I have like... The one thing that I always like just neglect to think about is I have a 90s uh, S10 Blazer. And I finally broke down... It hasn't... I haven't... Fi- like, nothing was wrong with it. I just don't like it. And it was an intermediary vehicle between... Like, when one van broke down and me finding the next van that I actually liked nothing was wrong with it. And I finally broke down a few weeks ago to go like put fresh gas and a battery in it and see if it would start. And the key was missing. <laughs> hmm. And there's this whole long story about why this is like such a big deal that I don't want to get into. Uh, because like there's this other thing where like it, technically it's not parked on my property. And if anybody ever wants to hassle me about it, I just decided it wasn't worth the stress. And I was going to like get it running and, and, you know, sell it finally. And uh, I finally found the key a couple of days ago. So I get to add that to the project list and hopefully get that like, you know, fired up and sold soon. Yeah, that'd be that'd be good. Yeah, I just want to get rid of shit. I'm I'm past whatever weird phase I was in where I just wanted to collect all the junk. I just I want like five really fun, cool things and, and just nothing else. Yeah, time to downsize, for sure. Yeah, I'm about it. Okay, uh, using our, our new uh, uh, torque bolt pattern, uh, Zach is up next. Yeah, I really, really feel you when you say you want to downsize. So I bought another <laughs> car. <laughs> and I literally don't have anywhere to put it. So my Ford Ranger is in the shop right now, and I'm hoping that I can get it, get all the parts off of it that I want, and then get rid of whatever's left before the Ranger is out of the shop, <laughs> because that's the only place that I can keep this car, is where the Ranger was. Boy, I, I can't uh, wait yeah. to hear how this has worked out on our next recording. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert, not well. <laughs> Uh, no, we'll see. It could, it could work out. Okay. There's always a chance, right? Um, 
I think I might yeah. have a better chance of winning the lottery, and I didn't even buy fucking <laughs> tickets. So, <laughs> hey, fuck you, man. That's rude. All right, <laughs> let me dream. God damn it. Oh no, I um. No, it, it might. It it. Yeah, we'll it I could see it working out if you're if you're looking to strip parts off this car real quick. Uh, it can be done pretty pretty fast. Yeah, I think the one thing I have going for me is that it's a Subaru. Yeah, and I know the platform inside and out super well, and they are famously. I, easy yeah, to I've work heard on. they're a lot like Legos. Once you know them, exactly, yeah. exactly like Legos. There's literally like three bolt sizes that everything is. Like, it's going to be a pretty quick process. I'm hoping. So yeah, to get into it, I um. Browse it on Copart Auctions, if you don't know uh, Copart. It's a great place to find pieces of shit. Mm. And I found a nice little wrecked 2013 STI with 79,000 miles on it. Too soon. Yeah, too soon. Ouch. Yeah. RIP that STI. Also, the, the plastic panel to the left of the steering wheel is like completely bashed in. So, uh, RIP to that guy's knee. Oh. He definitely fucking oh, rocked shit. that shit, like, hard. I was looking for one for, like, you know, all over the country. Just, you know, anywhere that they were going to sell a, a crashed or broken STI. Because I want the STI drivetrain. It's got the nice, sturdy six-speed, bigger brakes, bigger differentials. It's got the controllable center differential, Ooh. big wheels, big hubs bigger axles, all the good shit, you know, but to buy those parts individually is like 10 grand minimum. So I was seeing a few that were pretty badly wrecked go for around three K, but you know, they were like in Florida or Maryland or whatever. So, you know, you tack on shipping fees, you tack on um, a brokerage fee. Cause you know, a lot of those States you have to have a broker. You can't bid on them as an individual, yada, yada, yada whatever they were coming out around the five to six thousand dollar mark and i was like okay you know it's gotta be a pain in the ass to schedule the shipping and all this and that and i ended up finding this one this 13 79,000 miles here in colorado so i was like well fuck i'll go check it out when looked at it looked pretty cool really clean paint it was the sti limited so it's got like heated leather seats and good oh, shit like yeah. that in it and i was like damn damn, this is like a desirable car, right? Like low mileage, it just has front end damage. It didn't burn to the ground like other ones that I was seeing, which is always, you know, uh, not a good thing to happen to a car. So I uh, I talked to the guy at the, the place and I was like, hey man, so like, you know, this thing has to go to auction, right? Like I can't just like buy it outright. He was like, well, unless there's a, a buy it now price. And then I, uh, you know, I went and looked on the, the ad on, on the website and sure enough there was a buy it now price and it was five thousand dollars and i was like well damn that's like what i was looking to spend and so i uh, i talked to him and he was like yeah you can just go on there you just place the buy it now bid and basically the seller can like reject that bid if they want to force it to go to auction and you can't really do much about that they can just continue to reject it if they think they can get more at auction or you know you could let it go to auction if you think that you could get it for less at auction and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, I wanted to spend five grand. It's buy now five grand. Let's see what happens. 
put in my bid and everything, and like approved. Schedule your pickup. So I'm picking it up on Monday. Got an SDI. Sweet. It's beat to shit, but hey, well, not beat to shit. It's actually in really good condition, other than you know the smashed up front end. Um. So yeah, if you're in the Denver area and you want any plasma blue WRX STI parts, hit me up. I'm going to part out the whole thing, hopefully make my money back. Cats on the downpipe are going for like 1200 bucks right now. Uh, I think mainly just for recycling. So should be able to make a good amount of money back out of this, hopefully. That's good. But yeah. I love that you said that it's in good condition other than the front end damage. <laughs> not, not, not even joking. Like I say that shit to my regular friends and they're like, okay, so it's total. And I'm like, no, 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 no. No, listen, you're not listening to me though. It's in perfect condition other than it was ran into the back of another car at a high rate of speed. Other than that, it's literally flawless. <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand what you're not getting about this. It's, it's very I, I tried to explain to somebody one time that my Chevy van would last forever because even if like when I blow up the transmission, it's just so easy to find Chevy motors. And they're like, it sounds like you're just talking about destroying your van. And I'm like, yes. And then fixing it very easily. And there was, there was just a disconnect that you guys don't have. You get it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's, um, uh, what's the ship? Yeah, ship of Theseus. Yes, thank yeah. you. Yeah, it's the, the same van. Yeah, the, the Chevy of Theseus. It's the same van I've always had. Uh, didn't you replace the motor and the transmission and a bunch of the body panels and the drive? Okay, line? that's actually my early Chevy. It's on my early Chevy is on its <laughs> second motor and third transmission. The only thing I haven't grenaded is the rear end, and I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> by god i'm gonna do it one way or another well i already have a replacement for it so i might as well right yeah i got a fucking 12 bolt to put in that yeah, thing make sure you oh, yeah do yeah. it do it right on the line at the uh at the track uh, everybody who's sitting behind you loves when cars break on the track it's really their favorite <laughs> part <laughs> they get to just well, chill out for a while you know they don't have to race oh it's great they i would say it nice depends on break. how catastrophic the failure is yeah <laughs> that's true sometimes it is entertaining like, if you try and send a rod to God, then everyone is entertained. <laughs> Have you seen that picture of, like, a Camaro where, like, the flywheel exploded and shot chunks, like, through the door and stuff? Oh, God. No. Oh God. Yeah, no uh, my, my, my favorite, as in least favorite, is a first-gen Camaro that hooked up so hard in drag slicks that the body, like, dropped and it bit into the fender and ripped the back of the car off. <laughs> Jesus. It it, it, it de-skinned. Like, it took all of the sheet metal off of the rear fender. It was... It was heartbreaking, but also really impressive. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's quite a lot of power to do that. That's impressive, for sure. I would love to see that happen. <laughs> I mean, it had a lot of tires, so I'm assuming it had the power to fucking move it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's all I had on my shit. Was it? Uh, did I have anything else? Well, that brings us to Bryant. I don't know. I think that's it. Yeah, you go, Bryant. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you think of anything, just uh, interrupt me. Um, 
I I haven't been up to too much. I was gonna do the brakes on my car yesterday, but my back's been hurting. So uh, we'll see if I have enough time left today to do that. Uh, we'll see. Just the front brakes. Uh, you know, they're all the ro- warped rotors and all that. Um, I did try and fail to help fix someone else's car yesterday. Uh, I was out running errands and I saw it was like a Hyundai with the hood up. And I walk over there and and ask, hey, do you, you OK? You need help or something? And she's like, no, inglés. And I'm like, uh, OK. And I try to like answer, like, you know, put together my best high school Spanish to try and like say, what do you need or whatever? Yeah. And um, pull my car in and try to jumpstart it. Cause I didn't have my tools with me or anything, but I did have jumper cables and, um, you know, hook up the jumper cables, nothing, you know, mm-hmm. wait a couple minutes, the solenoid clicks, wait a couple more minutes and it goes and turns like 10 degrees or whatever. Oh, great. See, and... It's one of those, you know, like, all right, I'm going to be standing here for a minute here. <laughs> yeah. So I, I hung around there for like 15 or 20 minutes and it could never get beyond just turning like 10 degrees at a time. And I'm like, um, I'm sorry, I have to leave. Do you have someone helping you? Because she was on the phone talking to someone. And she's like, yeah, okay, it's fine. Um, you know, and I'm like, okay, sorry, I can't help more and, and left. But yeah, that's yeah a, I don't know. That's the way it goes sometimes. <laughs> I, and I, I've stopped to help people when I'm like, I don't really have any tools or anything, but uh, I can look at the hood and be like, oh, yeah, it's probably this thing that you can't fix on the side of the road (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know and i was trying to tell her like i checked the oil and it was a little bit low and i'm like i don't know maybe something's seized up i don't know but i i couldn't really say that in spanish very well with my google translate on my phone but yeah that's that's all that's been happening with me um i do have the the i think 13 year old snow tires on my sabaru right now and they're a little bit uh a little bit wonky so oh i am wanting to to get some new ones sometime soon so i think i'm gonna buy those first and then the rest of the tires you know in a couple months or so but yeah that makes sense i i i remember you telling me how many tires you wanted to buy at once and i was like You're, i'm getting anxiety thinking about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i hate every time that the tires never last long enough not ever right i i also never factored them in at all and i'm like oh man i'm gonna buy these mods and those mods what am i gonna get next and it's like oh my god my tires are fucked <laughs> it's like 800 dollars. shit i can't buy i don't anything. know why i don't know why i never see it coming either but it's the same shit just ever you're like oh it's some tires and you're like fuck i didn't budget those ever again just like you said never <laughs> never never even crosses my mind <laughs> and people are like wow you really care about your car a lot i'm like i care about it so much i just don't think about I it i never budget anything i just spend money and regret <laughs> it <laughs> same though same there's a I'm, I'm sorry to pick on you zach but there's a bunch of like subaru memes that are about like you know spending money on your subaru and then cheaping out on tires i there's a facebook group called subaru guys who hate subaru guys 
Um, I'm I'm both sides of that coin. Yeah. I gotta be honest. <laughs> I'm the hater and the hated. One hundred percent. I'm literally rocking Amazon tires on my car right now. Yeah, I, I am also tires I can find. <laughs> I am also both sides of that. I have I have vaped in a Subaru before. You know. Oh yeah. I'm an awful other thing where I spend like pretty reason like. I don't buy cheap tires for a lot of my vehicles, but I buy terrible tires for them because I really like the look of like the vintage, like, like radial, like whatever tires. And they cost a little extra, but they're shit to drive on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They may cost a little more, but it's worth it because they have terrible quality. (laughs) My, my favorite are my, like, like my BF Goodrich radials. Because they're so hard, you can just do burnouts for like a quarter mile. Uh, God help you if you ever need traction. <laughs> oh, um, maybe we're getting into the news a little bit early. I didn't have this on the roster, but did you guys or Zach, did you see that uh, there's that giant pile up on Highway 6 yesterday? Yes, I heard about that. Wasn't that um Friday? Or maybe it was Friday. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I feel so lucky. That's literally the way I took to work every single day up until like a few months ago when I got moved to a different area. Yeah. Yeah, it was like um it was like a bridge over the highway, I think, and it was or you know, one highway over another or something and it was like black ice, you know, got wet mm-hmm. and then yeah. froze when the the wind cooled it down or whatever and like it was also like there was a rise you know, like, so people couldn't see over this hill, you know, and they right, just yep. like, it was like a hundred car, car pile up on the highway. Holy shit. So, damn. The report I read said at least 100 cars god. involved. Yeah. It's like, oh my god. I, I saw someone saying it's like the annual meeting of the uh, Summer yes. Tires Club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that meeting works every year. Oh. No, wait, where did you say this was? Highway 6? In Denver, okay. yeah, like six in Calamath, I think. I didn't hear. Yeah. Well, I didn't um, hear about it. It's six Six Avenue. Oh, okay, yeah, right. Not Highway Six. I did. I don't have the story in front of me, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it was. Well, it was definitely Six Avenue because, like I said, that's literally the way I went to work every single day up until like very recently, and I was like, "Oh fuck, I would have been right in the middle of that shit." Uh, sorry to all those people that were involved but hey i wasn't so yeah um yeah six and cal math so yeah there might be a lot more cars at uh copart pretty soon here yeah definitely keep your eyes open i guess (laughs) (laughs) i'm looking this up this is kind of bananas yeah yeah it was pretty crazy while we're on the subject of copart i was watching um some live auctions last week and um a McLaren came up Hmm. on the live auction that had obviously been hit really hard in the front and then rolled. I think Uh, it was real fucked up and I watched it sell for like 93 and a half thousand dollars. Huh? Yeah. I did not think it was going to go that high, but it just kept getting bid on and someone bought it. Wild. Well, because that's probably like the cost of like one of the axles or something. So somebody got a great deal. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that was like a screaming deal on a McLaren, but it's just absurd to me to watch a pile of shit sell for like almost a hundred grand. <laughs> oh, I see you haven't been paying attention to the car market for the last Yeah. Year. <laughs> I try to avoid it as much as I can. I mean, Tesla sells tons of piles of shit for a hundred grand every day, you know? But that one was just very visibly a pile of shit. Y'all want to talk about some news? Yeah, I mean, sure. I have to. I mean, besides a hundred car pile up, that's kind of kind of sick. So we're back, and it's time for the news. Breaking news. That's that's the part of the show we're at. We're at the breaking news part. This is Cars and Comrades with with your car news updates. News time. We're going to be so well informed and stuff. So I guess as a time of recording, Elon Musk owns Twitter and is doing a real good job of running it. Uh, Into the as, ground! <laughs> <laughs> about as good a job as he does uh, building cars. So, yeah. can't wait for people's phones to start catching on fire. Where do we even start with that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just, um, I guess there was, uh, he walked into the headquarters with a sink in his hands because you know the joke um let that sink in so he made a meme out of it and um then he started making crazy demands of all the workers so he takes over of course he's awful on twitter as he usually is but he did start scaring the shit out of people talking about mass layoffs and all that so he's been just terrorizing the workers seemingly for fun and just because he doesn't like Twitter. So it seems like he's making thousands of working people suffer because it gets him off in some way. Uh, You know, usual capitalism. I don't know if it's true. I have not seen any confirmation of this, but somebody who supposedly works for Twitter posted the, the email that they received to be, uh, fired, and it was just a meme about how they had been fired. Yep, classy. I saw that. I again, yeah, yeah. I've not seen any confirmation of that, but I did see an actual two sets of emails, or well, I think somebody posted, but it was two legitimate sounding emails for those who kept their jobs and those who did not. But uh, last I heard, it was about fifty percent of the Twitter staff was let go. Have you heard that, uh, I forget what, like, governmental department that stepped in, but somebody stepped in and was like, actually, you can't legally do this. Yeah, so what uh, what, what they did um, to get around that was, yeah, they were just going to let everybody go, but they have to, like, give them a 60-day notice. Yeah. Um, so they said, this is, today, like, today you're done. You stop working. You will get pay until this point. And then there's a severance package on top of that. So I will say, you know, it it's a little bit different to get let go when there's a severance involved. Um, I, I, you know, that got it. How fucked up is it? But I feel like that's kind of nice. 
Yeah. <laughs> just, I'm always worried that I'm going to lose something, lose a job with none of that. So I'm like, man, so not working and getting paid for a few months, uh, you know, okay, could be worse. But again, he was kind of legally forced uh, to do all that shit. Yeah. If, yeah. if you and, if you sat me down and said, you've got two choices, you can have two months of pay and a severance package, or you can have a job working for Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, I think that half of the staff uh, got off easy because the other half, now that everyone is laid off, is apparently working like 84-hour weeks. Um, yeah, I don't know how long that might continue. Um, part of it was that was what people were doing in hopes of keeping their jobs. So... Elon Musk comes in and terrorizes people by saying, oh, you know, if you're not the hardest worker, you might not, you might be uh, let go in a week. And so people really did overwork themselves to death. And I hope that there were some people who actually understood what was going on. I guarantee you it didn't matter how hard any of these people worked. Elon Musk knew what teams he wanted to get rid of. He got rid of whole fucking teams of people. If if I was... if I was the Elon Musk in this situation, I would do the exact same shit. I would roll up like, let's see who the hardest workers are so we can figure out who can keep their job. And then all the dudes who actually like went ahead and worked more than 40 hours a week get fired. <laughs> like, all right, now I'm amongst my people. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, just the way he did it was gross, but he got rid of entire teams that he didn't want there. So like, and it was all, of course, the things that make it even a functional website and he's just like uh that's not that's too lefty you know they're too they they're about oh the the tolerance group or whatever the fuck and that whole team is gone even though he scared them all into working like you know literally 12 hour days seven days a week and it's like that's really fucked up and gross but you know what more can you expect yeah i i think i heard something that he was um firing people based off of like how many lines of code that they had written in a week or something like that, which I don't know a whole lot about computer science type stuff, but that seems like a pretty insufficient metric. Well, fortunately, Elon Musk also doesn't know a lot about computer science. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, I I also liked uh, Boots Riley tweeted, um, Twitter employees should stop all layoffs by having all employees stick together and shut down all operations till they reinstate all strike form a union. Well, but, that part of the reason for that is that Boots Riley is a fucking national treasure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you haven't seen, sorry to bother you. Check it out. And yeah, very also, good. Also, his music and everything. Yeah, listen to the coup. They're fucking awesome. I just like the clip where he was on some like, uh, uh, like he was being interviewed. Now. D- democracy now that was it <laughs> yeah what, what did she say she's like so you're a leftist and he's like excuse me communist <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um i guess the the short version is uh elon sucks and uh sucks at running twitter also oh yep. and also he's gonna start charging which Obviously, if you're listening to the show, you already heard the news. He's going to start charging an eight month, eight dollar a month subscription to get a blue check mark for anybody. So it's going to become the Wild West. It seems like Twitter is just going to burn to the ground. Yeah, very quickly. Uh, is that real though? I thought that that was just like a meme that kind of he it, with him. Who knows? Yeah, fair. Yeah, he, 
I, I he's he's trying to make like a subscription service out of it, so you get like premium features or whatever. And someone did the math, and it's still not going to make the company profitable. Oh yeah, it'll be like it, I think they did the math, and it was like ten or fifteen percent of the profits they're currently getting from advertisers, which are pulling out uh, rapidly. <laughs> yeah, you know, like hot take, but. Is Elon Musk actually saving us right now? Like, <laughs> could, you imagine, could you imagine how much psychological suffering would be avoided if Twitter just went away, like right now, that we wouldn't have to deal That's with? That's true. That's the thing is, I is feel Elon like based? Is this based? <laughs> like, in a way, no, no. <laughs> I mean, but if he fucks it up so hard that Twitter fails and he loses money. Unintentionally based, accidentally rad. I mean, I'm. I mean, I would like to see him suffer in some way. So imagine a world without Twitter, where also Elon Musk has forty billion dollars (laughs) less. That's pretty okay. That's that is is all wins. This is all wins in my book. Yeah, I want him to keep (laughs) buying Twitters. (laughs) (laughs) How much? How much money does he have? Like, how many Twitters can he buy with that? Can he just buy the entire internet and run it into the ground and then be bankrupt and then we don't have to be terminally online anymore? Because, like, that would be great, actually, for me. I'm going I'm going primitivist on y'all. <laughs> like, the internet was a mistake. We got to go back to not the internet. I don't know <laughs> what that is, but it needs to go away, I'm pretty sure. Nothing more advanced than VHS tapes. Yes, from Netflix. <laughs> that's a little easter egg for that's when a- we were not recording <laughs> so that joke doesn't make sense uh, as most of mine don't you're welcome <laughs> it's an easter egg for people who are on the show <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, it's like well there's not going to be like a, a release of the pre-recorded part so yeah maybe easter egg is not the right word that was just a little treat for us that. It was just a little Well, now someone's got to explain it real quick. We were talking about uh, how... We were trying to figure out if Netflix ever uh, sent out, like, VHS tapes or if they just just did DVDs. Which I don't think we ever really came to a conclusion on, so if you I think it was just DVDs. I mean, if someone can send me, like, confirmation that Netflix actually sent at least one VHS out at some point so I don't feel like an absolute crazed person... Who has no real memories? That would be kind of neat. <laughs> I think I I would be like, yeah, hey, this thanks. is like a Zach's Mandela effect sort of deal. <laughs> it's exactly what it is. Yeah, it would help my mental health. Yeah, if y'all could send me some evidence of that. That'd be that'd be real neat. In your universe, Netflix died in prison. <laughs> God damn it. Um, <laughs> what were we talking about? Well, Twitter? Elon Musk buying Twitter, yeah. but I think we said the obvious. We don't need to go super in depth. Elon yeah. Musk sucks. He's all he always sucks, but we have to cover him. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess moving on to stuff that doesn't suck. Uh, NASCAR is doing <laughs> cool stuff right now, or at least people within NASCAR are doing cool stuff. At the uh, Martinsville Speedway last week, as time of recording, 
NASCAR racer Ross Chastain pulled uh, quite the move and uh, just rode the wall into fourth place and into the the standings for the championship uh, race next time. And uh, a lot of people are angry about this, and a lot of people are like, hell yeah, brother. Uh, <laughs> I am the latter. Yeah, yeah. me too. <laughs> Absolutely. I am distinctly, like, acutely, hell yeah, brother. <laughs> and, I have uh, watched that clip, so I have not watched a sum total of two minutes of NASCAR in the last 20 years, and I have probably watched that clip for a solid 10 minutes worth of time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, he. People are calling it a video game move, and he specifically said he was inspired by playing. I think it was a GameCube NASCAR game back in the day, and so I can't wait until um, Monster Tajima gets his uh, his Pikes Peak Escudo and goes fifteen hundred miles an hour on a <laughs> on a track. <laughs> I, will, I like. Is there recordings of the audio between like the the like whatever his coaches called and him because i know that they're like talking to people in the pits and stuff like was did, did he like say like i'm gonna do this and the coach is just like hell yeah send it <laughs> i don't i didn't see that recording i saw like other teams are like what the fuck is this guy doing <laughs> <laughs> thinking outside the box god damn it <laughs> oh, which man. by the way i feel like we we should um because i've seen it a million times but i do think we should describe what this this actual move really did look like because it's like it wasn't just like riding the wall because nascar i mean those cars get real close to the wall every time but what he did was <laughs> on the last lap of the race he just like instead of slowing down for that left turn he just oh, it was the left was accelerating it? yeah well so he kept <laughs> it was the, it was the left hand turn Okay. I mean, look, that narrows I, it down. I'm, I'm pretty sure we might have at least one listener not from the States who maybe doesn't know that it's just endless left turns. Hey, if you're not aware, NASCAR's all left turns, guys. That's if you didn't know that. Just so you're informed and up to date. Yeah. If, you, well, if you're so, in NASCAR and you turn right, something's gone horribly wrong. Well, in a way, this driver kind of did that. And just yeah, okay, but a lot <laughs> of people aren't that arguing that this was point. horribly wrong. <laughs> um, I think it was incredibly right because he got it, he jumped like 12 places. In five. Was, like five. Was, was it incredibly right or was it incredibly left? I would say the <laughs> latter, and that was a very corny joke. Yeah, it was. Incredibly <laughs> based. No, best best NASCAR move ever. I, I feel like I'm becoming more of a NASCAR fan because they have been switching things up uh, the last year or two. Um, so I, I don't know. I think NASCAR's got a bright future now that they've started being like, hey, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't like have the racist flags. Um, yeah. And then they also realize, hey, we can do other stuff, too. Yeah. Like when they had so, the dirt track race. Yes, I wa- which I watched, by the way. It was fucking awesome. Did so, they really? I- oh, yeah. yeah. I did Bristol not hear about Wisconsin. that. I completely missed this. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, I might try and... I might try, it was a I don't few know. years ago. Well, I thought uh, during the pandemic they did it. Yeah, that was so, yeah, a couple of years ago, bud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watched that race. It was fucking awesome, so... They also had that uh, that short track race in L.A. at the Coliseum or whatever at the Sports Stadium. 
and a lot of people are like, I think that was, I think that was the first one that they've ever done in LA. Um, and you know, got a lot of new fans out of that because they were, you know, right up close to the, the racing in this small space. Um, sweet. And they're also doing, uh, races in Europe next year. And one, yeah, which, by on... the way, can you clarify, do you know if they, uh, they have a separate European series or is it the same NASCAR series, but races in Europe? I, I think it's the second one. I think it's okay. the same drivers from America mostly that are going to Europe to kind of like how the NFL will like sometimes play a game in Germany or whatever. I didn't um, know that happened. Huh. Yeah, but the NFL doesn't have to ship like a freighter full of cars. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're doing at least one race in Finland on ice, which should be interesting. I did Hell hear about yes. that. Hell you know, yes. that actually that actually brings up like a what I would say was a potentially really cool thing is that every year they should do like a European race, but it's NASCAR drivers that have to use like locally sourced vehicles. <laughs> so they're just in like Skodas and Opals <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> but, but it's with, just a NASCAR race. But with American V8s in them. Sure. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I mean, we're just spitballing here. Like, yeah. I think that would be really cool, you know, get a whole different class of car, but just but, um, for like a one off, you know. So a problem I can see about them doing that race in Finland, uh, won't every line be a finish line? <laughs> uh, Come on, that I thought that was good. I, I thought it was good. <laughs> Um, I'm just bitter about no one laughing at my all left joke earlier. So I'm not giving you the satisfaction on your corny joke. I didn't get mine. Fair enough. I accept that. I did look it up and it is a, a different series. Uh, it's the NASCAR Wellen Euro series. I don't know what Wellen is. It sounds like a brand name or something. Hmm. Uh, maybe it's like, you know, the mobile one or, of Europe or something. But uh, an, another thing that might happen is uh, that we all got invited to a race in Nashville next year by uh, Comrade Dale Earnhardt Jr. On, or, or is it? Yeah, Comrade Dale or whatever his name is on on social media. So uh, that might happen, but no promises that all of us will be there because uh, that's far away. Yeah, it's a possibility. There, there could be a leftist meetup at a NASCAR race. Yeah. In 2023. Has, I know we have at least one listener that's in the area. This is a great idea, and I th think that we should definitely at least make an attempt to do it. Um, I know they NASCAR obviously banned the Confederate flag. Did they do like a blanket political flag ban? <laughs> or is it specifically that one? Can I bring a red and black and fly it real big? Well, should I do that? People... <laughs> One of you is going to need an Antifa flag. Uh, I'm, I'm. I mean, would we yeah. immediately get jumped and beaten up? I honestly, yeah, like, I don't want to make. Hopefully, there's more than ten people there. I'm going to be. <laughs> I don't want to make us assumptions about the NASCAR crowd, but I don't want to get the shit kicked out of me by rednecks. <laughs> I'm going to be a They're loud really and proud communist at a fucking NASCAR event. Bet your ass, I'm going to have a weapon on me. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah, a that fair seems... point like a good idea <laughs> but anyway we'll, we'll see what happens um so it is a possibility 
So I, I forget if we talked about this on a previous episode or not. We might have mentioned it. But a Hyundai and Kia parts supplier in Alabama got busted for child labor a couple months ago. And this was uh, a big story. Um, basically, it started when there was a, a, a call for kidnapping. And uh, the police basically found this kid that was good, but they found out that the kid had been working at a, or at least someone in their household had been working at this uh, auto parts plant underage. Uh, the U S department of labor said workers aged 13 to 15 were found uh, the, at this uh, plant in Alabama. And um, so it, in the months since then, there's been a, a conviction and they were fined. Uh, do you, do you guys want to guess how much the fine was? Or did you see it already? Oh, I haven't I seen have it yet. I have not but, seen uh, it. I'm going I'm with gonna... $10,000. Are we going prices right rules? <laughs> sure, I guess. Okay, all right. Um, I'm going $30,000. you are exactly right. No way. <laughs> no way. Yeah. So this was multiple counts of child labor violations. <laughs> and uh, $30,000. That's all they had to pay. I mean, that's nothing, but like also way more than I was expecting. I really thought they were, I, I thought it was a possibility that they could get away with like a $500 ticket for way. Oh, wait, you know, child labor abuses for several years. Here's a fine for $200. <laughs> right. That's literally one Kia car. Yeah. Wait, is this Kia or Hyundai? Hyundai. Oh, it's it, there for both. That is yeah. literally one car from either one of these brands. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I'm having a hard time finding words Yeah, to say how fucked up that is. Uh, the children, they, they yearn for the mines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, I, I believe that most of these uh, children were undocumented immigrants, um, so that's doubly fucked up, you know. Yeah, this was like, as far as my understanding of the situation, this place was known to the community to hire kids. And so families that were struggling that, you know, knew that, you know, kids could help, you know, pay for stuff or whatever, or, you know, if they wanted work, that was where all the kids would go. Like, try because they knew that they'd been the rules there. Yeah. And yeah, it's pretty fucked up. And they were making them work like, you know, adult ass hours and shit it was and they knew it's fucking gross jesus so yeah that's pretty fucked up um well hey i'm sure it was all above board and they were getting compensated really well yeah I'm sure they were getting <laughs> great pay well and and, and of all course the benefits too <laughs> this was a subcontractor and of course kia and hyundai had no idea that this was going on <laughs> Oh, so no. they they are without blame in this incident. Yeah, of course they they had no 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 way to know that this was happening. They they could not ever be blamed for this. Yeah, we put it in the company handbook: no child labor. <laughs> it's we right wrote there. it down. We wrote it down, though. They yep. they checked the box. They said they agreed to it. How are we supposed to know that they didn't read it? Well, nobody reads the TOS. <laughs> what's this winking face emoji in the in the contract what's with that 
Um, See, I remember a few years ago when it actually like went to, I don't I don't want to say the Supreme Court, but like uh, folks at, I think it was Nestle got brought up on, on charges of child labor and they had to like defend themselves in court. I think it was slavery. It was like child slavery specifically, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Jesus Christ. Is the, yeah, was this just, the, um, was this the, uh, if we don't use child slaves, y'all don't get chocolate thing? <laughs> Uh, something like that. It yeah, was, I think they were testifying in front of Congress or something. Of course, with no repercussions whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, they they like. I don't remember if they said no slaves, no chocolate, but it was fully like a. Yeah, I mean, like we kind of knew about this, but we we can't tell them what to do. <laughs> well, of course not. That would be interference in the market. Yeah, what are we supposed to do? Not the take the not take the lowest cost option. <laughs> do you know what our shareholders would do to us? The free market thrives on child slavery. I think I want to say like Firestone was doing that in Liberia a few years ago too, not that long ago. Um, basically enslaving people to work on rubber plantations, but with wow. a, uh, you know, a third party contractor or whatever. So it's not actually Firestone. The more That's things kinda, change. Yeah. yeah. The more things change, the more they stay the same, just like how Amazon as all their drivers are through third-party companies, all little, uh, you know, fucking shitty businesses, and none of it comes back to Amazon, how those workers get treated. Right. Uh, I didn't know that. I mean, that yep. makes sense, but I didn't know that. Yep. They're, they're working with all kinds of little companies, and they just farm all that out. So it's they all have to conform to the rules of Amazon, but Amazon can, you know, pretend that they don't know what's going on. Oh, I didn't tell them to work that much. <laughs> How could you expect us to know? So, yeah, that's how they do it. I hate it here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another, you know, great moment in capitalism, uh, the the ongoing labor dispute with uh, railroad workers and uh, the railroads. Um, so by the time this episode comes out, this might be resolved. Um, the deadline is the 19th of November. And some... Unions are saying, you know, no deal. Some are saying, you know, we're going to take this deal. And then also it has to be approved by Congress because the labor law for railroads is completely different than any other union in the United States because, I don't know, railroads are special. (laughs) Uh, The government recognized that the railroads have very, very tangible and serious power. Yeah, and we can't risk workers having a say in that. <laughs> <laughs> I I think it's mostly because railroad workers were some of the first to unionize, like in the late eighteen hundreds. Yep, yep. I think that was like the Pullman strike and everything. Yeah, Back or in the late eight, late eighteen hundreds. Yep. Yeah, um, or maybe it was a different one, but around that same time period, there was a you know bigger period of agitation before they actually got recognition, and part of that was like okay, you can have a union, but Congress has to vote on stuff on your uh, approving, approving your contract and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually confused when, you know, it seems like some, some of the unions, um, cause there's like a, it's an amalgamation of like several different rail related unions mm-hmm. who are all covered by this contract. And I, I found it strange that like, you know, right off the bat when this latest deal was presented, the, I think the two of the biggest um, unions in this group 
immediately said, no, we're it's, it's bullshit. We're not taking any of this. So for, like, why would a union at this point, one of the other ones come out and say, yeah, we'll support this deal because it's like, well, the other two already said no. So like, what do you, it, as far as yeah, I understand, I, you can't, it's, they can't split up which unions take what I don't think. The, the way I understood it was that, yeah, like you're saying, that it has to be unanimous. And any union, even some of the smallest ones, which are, you know, only a few hundred members, could vote no, and then the deal would not be accepted. So, yeah, what is the point of the, going yeah, against signaling the two- to our workers that we don't want to fight at all, even though we have to already? <laughs> we yeah. really don't want to look out for you. It's the other unions that that are doing it we just want to let you know that we don't give a shit I, I i don't know the situation but it feels definitely weird to me yeah the the way i heard it was that they all have their individual deals or maybe you know they're sometimes amalgamated into one or two different deals but any one of these unions could shut down the entire railroad industry in the u.s because you know if oh, the guy that okay that switches right. the signals you know, if there's no people to run the signals, then nothing's moving. You know, if the guy that, you know, the the union that refuels the, the trains or whatever, if they go on strike, nothing's moving, you know. But I I don't understand the full situation and uh, we'll we'll have more on it later. But it's uh, mm-hmm. it's looking like there could be a big strike and that would like basically shut down the entire economy, especially like agriculture. Um, because anything that's like, like bulk stuff that's moving, you know, heavy tonnage across the country, um, is going to be affected. Um, also like fuel, you know, chemicals, uh, coal, stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, um, I hope they do strike cause yeah, it sounds like, you know, the contract that they have had has been pretty bad. Um, you know, so I, I hope they I hope they actually do go on strike and something comes of this because it seems like they got it pretty bad over there. Which I, I feel like brings me to a point that I thought about most recently watching some of the, you know, representatives of the rail unions like on the news and stuff and talking about how they don't have sick days and how bad they got it. And I kind of couldn't help but wonder, like, I feel like it's kind of a it's important to get sympathy from the public, but also I don't know how convinced I am that I'd want to join a union when you're on TV being like, Oh yeah, we work seven days a week. We don't have any days off. If you get sick, you get fired. But what join a union? Like I'm, I'm a little (laughs) confused as to like, sometimes when they're complaining about how bad they got it, I'm like, okay, so why the fuck would anyone want to join a union? I don't know. I feel like it hurts. I feel like it hurts the movement in a way. I don't know if anyone else feels that way, but it's so should like I a weird stop talking thing. honestly about my union? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I'm just saying, no, I, I, I think it's important that workers mention it. But when I'm like, when the leaders of the unions are going, I'm like, Hey, um, I don't know. Maybe you guys should, should fight a little harder or something to not to have like basic sick days. Cause people without unions have that. Or many yeah. of them. So I feel like that's kind of uh, it's kind of embarrassing for some of the unions where I'm like, Ugh, I don't know if I'd want to admit that, but whatever. Now's the time to fight. I mean, hopefully. They yeah, that's, that's that. where I'm at, dude. Like embarrassing. Sure. But like there's only one but way to change it. Do, yep. We got to we got to yeah. do better. So it's like, all right, well, we got to 
dig 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 our heels in and shit. So I, I do hope they strike. I, I hope they don't get scared out of this one. Well, hell, they didn't get scared out of the last one. They got lied to. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It seems like any deal that they would take that's being offered is going to be a compromise in some way. And so it, it really doesn't feel like they're going to get a deal that is actually beneficial to the workers. Yeah. In all the ways that it needs to be without striking. You know, it yeah, seems like it, it'll always come down to them sacrificing something that they want because, you know, they the the rail companies think that they can avoid a strike if they just give them this or that or, you know, a few of the things that they're asking for. So yeah, I feel like yeah, they need to strike and get it all. They, yeah, they got to start asking for more, too, when they go into these fucking negotiations. Oh, it's like, yeah. oh, we just want basic sick time and like to get paid overtime or something. <clears> I'm like, no, you should ask for like 10 other things because they're going to take shit out of the deal. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't know how universally true that is, but I, I've seen that when uh, when our union went to negotiate our contract last year, we had the same shit. It, they asked for exactly what they wanted. And guess what they didn't get? Yeah, and half that's, of that probably. I mean, this I, is basic negotiation. Yeah, like basic negotiation. Or sold a car on Craigslist knows this shit. You don't post it for the price you want. You post it for more and negotiate down. You don't tell them how much you're willing to pay. You offer less and negotiate up. Like, why are they asking for such small shit and then getting half of it trimmed away in a compromise just to end up with? I mean. What really amounts to crumbs, fucking crumbs. crumbs. Exactly. Yeah, that's a perfect way. Yeah, my fucking my last my last job actually forced us when we got uh, our company got taken over by a a corporate version, a more corporate version of what we had. Mm -hmm. And uh, they they made us take a, I don't know, some kind of expensive company wide negotiation uh, like training series. It was like, I mean, it was a lot. It was like hours and hours of shit, whatever. So I had to go through some of it and I mean, a lot of it's pretty basic, but like I watch this and then I see how, you know, at least what I'm seeing come through the media for some of these unions and what they're asking for. I'm like, y'all are violating the first rules. Like uh, this was two, two videos into the fucking stupid training. And I'm like, you guys are like already failing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's pretty, I was like, guys, ooh, this is basic shit. So I don't know. You got to get at better at negotiating, I guess. Yeah. But we're, we're, we're getting better. I mean, things are going in a pro-union direction, at least. And um, what was I going to say? I, I looked up another article and, you know, uh, the Brotherhood of Railroad Signal Signalmen, people that run the signals, uh, they voted 60% of the rank and file members voted against the contract as of uh, a couple days ago. Yeah. So, yeah. Good. Yeah, it, it it's looking like they're not going to be won over that easily. Well, at least there's that. Mm -hmm. but, but moving on, I suppose. Yeah, I uh, I have a little bit of a more happy story here. Um, there's a um, uh, this is at the the Paris Motor Show, a um, a German company called Next Ego Mobile SE. Really rolls off. It really rolls off the tongue. Yeah, there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they have this uh, this cute little EV hatchback called the E Wave X. 
another great name. <laughs> so catchy. Yeah, those Germans really know how to name electric cars, like the, the e-bussy, you know, another great one. <laughs> was that a German one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That was They're a... never beaten that. <laughs> yeah. I saw this on the Autopian uh, website, which is uh, a couple, it's like an, a couple guys that used to write for um, Jalopnik sort of started their own website, and um, they've got some other people on there too. This is... The reason I liked it is it it's a. Uh, they're going to say it's going to cost around twenty five thousand dollars. It's going to have around, um, let's see, top speed around eighty four miles an hour, around a hundred hundred and seven horsepower. That seems like a lot to be only able to go eighty four. Oh, well, I suppose that that there's some limitations with the motor and everything. Yeah, and, uh, and it's it uh, twenty eight hundred pounds. Oh, okay. And yeah. and it's rear wheel drive also. Oh, okay. We're speaking my language now. I'm interested. Yeah. I so this is like that. it's a little like three door hatchback, like I think technically four seater, but it looks more like a two plus two. Yeah, it is. I wouldn't want to sit in those back seats. <laughs> yeah. They should always put that second two in quotes forever. Right. It's yeah, not I a two plus two. It's a two plus two. Like, technically, there are two humans on Earth who could fit in there, but we're not going to get specific about it. (laughs) I I think I am those two humans. (laughs) You can just, yeah, lie down sideways in the back there, or more like hunch up in a fetal position sideways. Yeah, you won't feel the drive shaft in your hip or anything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's no drive shaft. It's electric. Oh, yeah. Huh. (laughs) <laughs> that's a weird thought like, hmm. but yeah I, I get what you're saying like I when I was a kid my grandma had a Celica and um, like you know 91 or something like that and Ooh, even grandma. as like a oh she's pretty cool your grandma's sick <laughs> as fuck dog that's fucking tight homie did, you know, did your grandma teach you burnouts <laughs> no did she vape um <laughs> not that i know of okay um but i remember being like a 10 year old sitting in the back of that uh celica and be like oh this is bullshit i can hardly fit in this thing <laughs> so yeah definitely not an, uh, an adult in there but yeah i don't know i guess the larger point of this why i'm bringing this up is you know i wish that all car companies were making these cheap little cute kind of sporty electric cars rather than you know like the author points out Cadillac announced a $300,000 electric luxury car that's electric you know uh at the same yeah, show or an 8,000 pound electric truck or right yeah exactly uh, a, a, a Tesla that does zero to 60 in two seconds flat not 1.9 fuck you <laughs> yeah it's really a shame that like of of like what we the whole point of electric cars is like to have less of an impact on the environment and then by making them 8000 pounds you're like that's not doing that actually it is a shame that they put all this money and research and development into these absurdly priced luxury vehicles instead of like you know cheap alternatives like this that could be sold to the masses presumably making them more money <laughs> like I don't know. It's crazy. 
Yeah, if if you stupid, I suppose it would be lower margin business. So, I guess that's why. If you stupid plebs would just all buy electric cars, then we wouldn't have to deal with climate change. Ultimately, it's your fault for <laughs> wanting gas cars so bad. You're controlling the market by wanting a gas car. That's why we have to sell three hundred thousand dollar luxury ones because the stupid poor's don't want the electric ones, but the smarty pants rich people do. Obviously, <laughs> that's clearly yeah. the reasoning here. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm saying this ironically and I'm still fuming with anger as I'm saying it (laughs) (laughs) because yeah, it's, that is absolutely the attitude, you know, it's like, oh, well, if you would just drive an electric car, like, fuck you, man. If I could afford one, I'm really over electric cars. Just build a fucking train. Yeah. 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 That's really the the actual salute. The actual solution here. Even the solution that they pretend to give to us doesn't work because they make it unaffordable. Yup. Because they're bastards. That's capitalism. It just, it makes me wonder if like, if this is a a side effect of the the way the car market has been so weird for the last couple of years, if they are kind of ignoring that there still is very much a market for cars that don't cost $50,000 and up. Like there are still people who are are poor or struggling to get by, but they are just completely detached from that because they just look online, look at uh, what things are selling for. And it is all, you know, six figures for nothing. Well, I mean, in their defense, they're correct. People keep paying it. Loan terms just keep getting longer and, that's the problem is like people have don't have an alternative because we, you know, the car companies stopped any possibility of having robust public, you know, transportation infrastructure. So like, what the fuck else are you going to do? I mean, there's no other choice. So they'll just keep raising the price and people who are struggling to get by will just have to take, you know, an eight year car loan instead of a fucking five year. That's the future unfortunately and car payments that are what rent payments were you know five years ago um you know that's that's where we're at and like we've said before the car you know market is gonna have a fun time at some point in the near future i would think because this seems completely unsustainable yeah it the bottom has to fall out and pretty soon like like you said, there's no way that we can sustain this on any level. And honestly, this is like a whole ass tangent. So I just want to mention it real quick. We should absolutely discuss at some point. And um, listeners, if you have any ideas, I am very serious about creating a community garage in my life at some point, like a way for normal people to not have to throw away a car and get into a new car payment anytime something that they see as major happens to their car. So like, I would love to brainstorm ideas with y'all and obviously the listeners to figure out how that could actually work in the real world. Because as much of a, you know, pipe dream as it may be right now, like there is a chance I could sell this Cobra that I have for like kind of a lot of money. I might have like kind of a lot of money all of a sudden, and I want to do something worthwhile with that. And I think that would be doing some sort of a community garage where people could go to get their shit fixed and not have to jump into these absurd 
car payment plans that they have no choice but to get. I've thought about that too, Zach. Because yeah, community community garage is a is a big one. We should yeah. research. Okay, like off the record or whatever. We should research uh, community garages and brake light clinics that have been done in the past. And what you know, and lay out like what should that potentially look like. Yeah, or you know, whatever. That'd be a fun. And how we can project. how we can do it in an even more explicitly yeah socialist way, I guess. Yeah. That'd be yeah. an interesting conversation for sure. Yeah. I, uh, I, I seem to remember someone talking about doing what you're talking about, Zach. And I think the difficulty was the insurance. Okay. But, uh, I don't know. I haven't looked into it too much beyond that. Um, I do know that, uh, I was talking with some folks at DSA Denver about doing a break like clinic. Um, and I found, uh, a guide that the um, I think it was New Orleans DSA put together a few years ago. And basically they said like, okay, buy, you know, this number of this part number bulb and, you know, whatever, and have these supplies on hand or whatever. Um, So it, I can send you that um, if you want to look into it. And I'm not sure if, if that'll happen anytime soon with uh, Denver DSA, but I, I have been talking with the mutual aid committee or working group or whatever it is to possibly do that. Fuck. Yeah. But, uh, but something you said, Connor, like this all has to fall apart eventually, like bringing it back to the beginning. I think lots of people have said that if that's going to happen, it's probably going to start with Tesla uh, because they're so overvalued that they could just collapse at any moment. But uh, yeah, that's that's capitalism for you. It's all just built on a house of cards. Yeah. Well, anyway, I think on that note, we should probably wrap up. Yeah. Because um, that's the news. Woo. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening and uh, follow us on social media. Any other thoughts before we wrap up? No, no. It was a fun one. Yeah. Uh, it's been a, it's been a minute since we did a news episode so i feel like we should uh we should do another one soon yeah for sure for me uh, it feels like it's been a minute since i've even done an episode <laughs> yeah it's good to have you back man i feel like you have missed a, a couple here it was just one but we only record every couple of weeks so <laughs> right <laughs> that's that true was <laughs> <laughs> that is true all right uh goodbye listeners remember yep. to bang Bye. gears and support the queers Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> we gonna make you pay five and five, bitch. We make you pay five and water, bitch. We gonna fight riches and not riches, but we gonna fight the solidarity. We said we not gonna fight capitalism with black capitalism, but we gonna fight the socialism. <laughs>
What are you smiling about? Dude, I almost had you. 